0: Hey Rippers, are you learning how to surf, but have you got a clue, or are you a big old kook? Since there's a million ways to kook it, you should stick around and learn a few things. Cause if you don't know, let me tell you right now surfers love to spot a kook. But don't get all stressed about it, cause everyone kooks it once in a while. And that's the reason we start a cast. Cause the more you know, the less you'll kook it. <laughs> So bust out your swimmies and get ready to learn. Coopcast is here to lead you on your journey out of coopdom, one episode at a time. And hopefully, offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris, and I started the surf coaching and education resource, The surfcontinuum.com. Coach Ev's left-hander. That's the latest video we posted to the membership site with the killer drone angle and three takeaways for any level surfer to analyze with us. Go log in or join to check it out. This week on the show, it's story time. Coach Ev and I are remembering the hurricane swell, and epic session that resulted in us meeting each other and the friendship and partnership that came of it. Let's go. All right, how do we start this thing? This is a good story, though I really love this one. I remember, right before the pandemic broke out, our plan was to build kind of like the beginning of our dinner presentation we were doing on the story. Yep,
1: that's that's where it, that's where it got sparked. I was looking through, I just found those notes in an old journal, and I was like, oh, did we ever really talk about how coaches met on this most epic freaking day of surf and totally had no clue of who each other was or any of that and it just ended up being like a hell of a partnership brother cheers to that
0: cheers to that yeah okay so i remember knowing it was going to be good obviously i remember there was a particular aspect of the swell that got me excited it was that it was coming straight south Mm-hmm. And that's pretty abnormal over there with those kinds of swells. usually, there's some east in it, which is also fine, but when it's straight south, it's like a direct hit right so yeah. the energy really comes in fully on un- decayed, you know like it's a straight shot um and and just like I had hoped, the spot where we met was working, and that was the spot to be that morning
1: yeah it was it was back when i was pretty fresh really fresh to montauk so i really didn't know you know i just looking at the forecasts and winds and swell directions i didn't really know where to go but i had captain winkler who was always on it you know super seasoned surfer and and he was the guy who would just be like, Ev, this is where you need to be tomorrow at daybreak. And he did it to me several times. And I knew to trust him because pretty much every time he did said that, it was on. And so it was like, I really was back then totally rolling solo out there. Like, didn't have Uncle Ricky. Like, I maybe had just met him, but we weren't like surfing partners at that point yet. So again, it was just like... I was on my own to go out and get it. And then when I showed up that morning, I mean, it was absolutely pumping, absolutely all of double overhead, totally roping, ripping offshore, right hand point break pretty much.
0: Yeah, Yeah. actually, the funny thing is I was kind of rolling solo too because all my friends, all the boys that are now your friends, of course, too, had gone out the night before rallied up by John telling them that there's no way the waves are going to be good unless we all go out and get smashed. And that's where I was like,
1: see you later boys. Yeah, signing (laughs) off at 830, you know, right when that idea came out and started getting put into full effect. (laughs)
0: Right. So come morning time, I'm up at the crack running around, knocking on these guys doors, trying to wake them all up and they're out. They can. I remember Maddie bleary eyes like looking at me and like it looked like he was trying to figure out who i was and i'm just like the waves are pumping come on let's go let's go i run into the other bedroom to grab one of the other guys come back and maddie's back out like on the (laughs) couch just done (laughs) so i'm like all right guess it's just me and actually gavin gavin was the only other one who uh who managed to stay off that train and, and get himself out there at dawn yeah i re-
1: I definitely remember gav being out there that d- that day as well and again it was just it was kind of strange because I didn't really know anybody and montauk's kind of like this it's like there's plenty of surfers out there but when it when it gets to a certain point there's just very few people that are seasoned and and trained and ready ready to actually go out and get it so mm-hmm. there'll be whatever twenty five guys out and really five guys who are actually getting waves. Right, right. And and we were, you know, three out of the five guys who were getting waves that day. Right. Uh, one after another and
0: and that's that's how I noticed you. And I'd started out on this so on this particular point, there's like there's a space between the right and the left, but it's kind of like it's kind of like not a traditional point that that only receives swell and combs it one way. It's kind of like a little little point like with an equal like a triangle sticking out into the ocean so right you can you can surf the right side of it or the left side of it so I had started off surfing the left and then just kind of seeing over down the way just on the other side of the big middle peak that you really don't surf that there was a really good looking right coming in you know and I remember working my way over there getting a few waves and then that's when I noticed you like paddling back out I see this dude dropping in on a bomb from the very tip top of the the point this is the kind of day where it's really easy to never get away from the top because it's it's still really good halfway down the point right so it's it, especially for a guy like me any listener knows they say it all the time i get so amped and eager like i see a big wall coming at me i'm like i'm flipping over and i'm going you never get
1: this so (laughs) i'm gonna capitalize every single chance i get
0: right right so i'm kind of doing that a little bit and i know in my head like this battle always is fighting in my head like to get there you know and, and pass up waves so i can get to the top and on one paddle back out as i'm thinking to myself man you shouldn't keep just turning on these waves halfway up the point like get to the top i see you dropping in from the top on just such a it was like a magazine cover in my head you know just this little person air dropping down into this wave and coming back up hooking it under the lip and riding it out but we were constantly on the opposite tact you know like as you were taking off on a wave i'm already halfway out yeah and getting my next wave so we didn't really link up but i noticed you early in the session like who is this guy i i know everybody around here like who's this guy surfing so well and when we finally got like near enough i was like i gotta paddle over paddle over to you of course you're like the sweetest dude ever just like hey what's up man like this is amazing we're freaking out together you know surfers just do that huh like just click when they're just on one yeah that's and a- i remember asking you what board you were riding because at the time i had just shaped a board mm-hmm. so i'm like kind of in this headspace of like interest in boards yeah I mean, it's always there a little bit you know higher interest but yeah, yeah like I'm, I'm in a little bit of an error right now a phase of my life where it's like boards are interesting to me like especially because i'm shaping my own kind of learning about it you know i think it was like my second one i shaped but i didn't glass it very good so like the fin box blew out or something like easily yeah so i couldn't ride it that swell but you hop off the board immediately and push it over to me to show me because it's yours you yeah. shaped it yeah and i'm like wow super impressed But that's quickly, like, erased by even more awe at the fact that you're not wearing a leash. I was like, holy shit, this dude's fucking doing this out here. And no leash. I was fucking mind blown. This was, like, and this is the beginning of my, like, starting to think about, like, oh, sometimes you can surf without a leash. And in your case, most times, Yeah, you know? yeah. but at this point of my surfing, like I hadn't even been thinking about that. Right. Like it just was attached to my board all the time. Yeah. And I never considered taking it off except maybe when you ride a soft top and like, you know, knee high surf. Right. Right. But other than that, I just had a leash on my board it was just part of the equipment. So that was like, that was a big impression you made on me in that session for not only just charging as if you did have a leash and all the safety measures in place, but, you know, surfing that well and that committed, being disconnected from your board, like or, or not tethered to your board.
1: Yeah. So that, that was definitely a point in my surfing where I was so adamant about not wearing a leash. I think I've mentioned it on other recordings, but I had like a run there for like three years where I never strapped a leash on my board. And it was it definitely was a, a sense of pride and an ego thing that i learned to like you know make sure to err on the side of safety and like now i had these boards that i put so much time and effort into and like i really didn't want to lose one to the rocks you know And i knew that day was coming you know keep pushing your luck with surfing big surf tr- big treacherous surf without a leash on you're you're gonna get caught one of these days um but i i just like thinking back even to that day it's it's. It was up to that point for sure. Some of the best surf that I've ever seen in my life. Like, mm-hmm. and and the whole crowd factor. There was like no crowd. Right. You right. could just. Everybody who was out there, they were just like hoping to get one. So they weren't going up to the top. Right. They were just. You know. They were almost all undergunned. You know, that's that's speaking to, you know, I looked at what you were riding and I was like, what the hell is this guy riding? <laughs> He's on a 5'10", <laughs> little quad, like wide tail quad, like the, basically the exact opposite board of what I was riding. But you were absolutely making it work, you know, like th- the equipment wasn't an issue that day, you know, it was like you could ride a smaller board if the conditions were perfect and you didn't have to battle the crowd and the current wasn't that bad. All those things were in place. So you were actually, again, we were just doing loops. We were just doing laps. And, uh, I, I definitely remember, you know, your, your chops being up, up to snuff that day, you know, <laughs> just being doing big roundhouse, super curvy lines on a small board on a big wave looks pretty damn, pretty damn cool. So we we were connected in that just that we were having a banner session. Uh there wasn't a lot of other takers and it was like, you know, not everybody thought it was that cool what I would, you know, what I was doing out there on my own equipment and I remember it stuck with you and and uh that was that was a really good, you know, just coming together of of two like-minded people, two like-minded surfers who had found themselves like in the spot, all, you know, we always say it. it's like a lot a lot has to come together for you to be there and be ready on that day right right and all those little things like we were talking about like the night before not being one of those guys who was like you know just partying their asses off and and like nervously just like drinking a bunch you know because they knew that the swell of the summer was coming our way (laughs) um but yeah that that was that was pretty 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 much it i mean um one thing i remember that session like again i i hadn't really gotten caught inside the whole session um but that's what ended my session that that session was i got caught inside uh. i took off i was on the outside i took off on one that didn't have a proper line And it was more of just a peek up off the top and i took off and i you know the wave was done there was nothing left and i kicked out and there was like a three wave giant set stretched all the way out and i was and i was not even far enough out to get underneath the lip so i was doing this this technique where you you get like how would I do it? I would like get off the side of my board and kind of like punch under the wave off the side of the board, holding onto the board. Really? Yeah, like because I thought that if I would try to duck dive one of those white waters, like I would get rattled right away and the board would get Just, ripped yeah. out of my hands. Like yeah. get into the holding position first, get absolutely mowed by the whitewater. But I'm already in this. Position where my hands are like locked together around the board. Oh, you were bear hugging it? I was bear hugging it oh and just getting God. fucking <laughs> mowed down by like a giant whitewater. And so I get mowed down and under the whitewater I feel the board like starting to slip, but my grasp is behind the widest point of the board. Cl- cl- more closer to the tail, so if the board tries to s- slip out, the fins are gonna get, get in. Get your forearms. Get yeah. my Isn't forearms. that what happened? Yeah. So, that, so I'm, like, holding, 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 and then the board, like, pumpkin seeds out, and I'm, like, fuck that. You're not going anywhere. And it just blasts me in the forearms, oh. both side fins so hard, and, like, my hands, like, pretty much go weak. Yeah. But I'm, like, I'm, I'm so hurt. I remember, I'm so bummed. I'm, like, oh, this is over. Um, and, like, it just hurt so bad, and I came up, and I could... I could physically feel the indentions from the fins in my muscle. And I was like, I was like, Oh my gosh, I just fucked myself up. Like my, my arms feel toast and like they hurt to move my hands open and close. And I was just like, I took that one on the head and then luckily it pushed me way in and I and I was just like laying off the side of my board still holding on to it just so defeated and so hurting <laughs> and I remember other people like looking at me and being like are you okay I'm like yeah but no you know and and just like getting pushed in finally like getting on my board and just getting blasted by white water and just going in on my belly and just like ah, i guess that's what you get out i mean (laughs) it's it was it's totally worth it but still not the way i (laughs) would i would
0: have liked to end it you know yeah yeah. Uh, but i just remember like one of the reasons we were going to use that story in our our presentation our dinner was because it it spoke to the theme of being prepared, you know, and and both of us were in that state like you mentioned earlier, and that's why we we met each other because we were both like well surfed up into that point, you know, had been surfing shitty waves before, got in tune, like just mentally, just wanted it, you know, just wanted it bad. And like, so in your case, like you got the, the tip from the cap, I'm, I'm just always on it like no, and knowing that region like I knew where I wanted to be and what I thought might be best and, and it was so that was how we found ourselves in the same place at the same time like in pumping surf like it was just a matter of our lifestyles leading up to it right and that was like such a like the the catalyst for for that relationship starting off on such a good foot you know and and you know at the time I I had I didn't surf continuum wasn't a thing then right that's something we worked on more together like later in years as we continued teaching together not really thinking about how to teach well I mean a little bit it was it started early but like it was developed over time realizing like we both cared about it but go that's I had my business live in color which Mm -hmm. was like another creative aspect and, and a reflection of like how I was feeling about things and using art to express it and put it on t-shirts so meeting you and knowing this like that's your board you shaped it and it was beautiful too it had that fabric inlay you know it was just a gorgeous piece of work and uh, and that, that summer I bought a board from you my first board the green sting
1: yeah I was wondering about that I feel like that was
0: that was it was that year
1: it couldn't have been that summer it had there had yeah, to be you know a, how I
0: know there because the to- next hurricane was Cristobal And I had the board. Oh, no shit. Yeah, it was Bert. So uh, what was the first one? Andrew? No, not Andrew. Something with an A, of course. Then Bertha. Mm -hmm. The the one with the A was 4th of July because it came straight up the coast. Okay. And it went from knee high to well over double overhead. I mean, it flushed everybody out of the way. Yeah, yeah. There was no surfing that day. It just came in too strong. Right. Too built too quickly. Um, So that was A. Then B was Bertha. And then C was Cristobal. And I already had your board by then. Yep, and okay. I, I was surfing Big Rock on that board. No shit, And then okay. that winter is when we came to La Miss, you know, for the first time, the wow, whole crew. Wow, that
1: all came together all that It all happened quick? like
0: that, yeah. And that's why, like, we were fast friends. Yeah. You know, like, met you, found out you shape your boards, loved them, you know, was so into it, so into supporting, like, somebody who's doing something similar, like, to what I'm doing, just like, you had a whole quiver with you that summer. Yeah. You had uh, the one that John bought. Yep. The one I got. Who else got boards? You had like more. Maddie
1: boards. bought that board that I was riding the seven zero. Did he? Naya.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right.
1: Yeah. That kind of that kind of was like my stamp. Like that's what kind of got me in into the crew was that actual session because I remember Corey was out. He was injured. He was on the steps at Big Rock filming and mm-hmm. stuff and then he was seen he was seeing us surf the right and Matt and then Maddie was there as well and and they were on the steps when I walked up with the board um, and Maddie was like what's up with that board like I I need that board you know and I was just like yeah it's for you know everything's for sale at this <laughs> point you know that's what I came out here to do is make a couple bucks and um and so and then Eric Schwabi got the um, got that photo of me in a bottom turn, which I, you know, which I was so stoked on because that that's what really sticks out is like that quality of surf, that big a surf on the right board. Like it was the first time that I ever got to do like real deal bottom turns, mm-hmm. you know, get all the way down into the flats with so much speed and be so tucked up in a ball and hold it for so long and just like be railed over and just that feeling is hardly anything that matches it in surfing um like I'll never forget that I was so stoked that he got that shot too
0: yeah you definitely made quite an uh, an impression on the crew that 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 session in summer riding your own equipment surfing so well and and not just surfing well but confidently which was you could tell not just by your demeanor and your look, but like you weren't wearing a leash. Right. So we were all just like, "Wow, this this guy is the real deal," he, and you fit right in to the crew. No.
1: Yeah, problem. and it, and it was a big change of pace because I never had like my friends step up and, and support me it that big. You know, like my boards were expensive even back then; they were a thousand bucks for a short board. You know, and like none of my friends over here were like ponying up that kind of money. Right. But right. for some reason. <laughs> peeps on the east coast they like they really took to my boards and the uniqueness of them and yeah and that supporting a a young business owner that was doing his own thing like they were just all you guys were all about it john yourself uncle ricky like you guys just really got the ball rolling for long surf like straight up
0: mm -hmm. yeah i think i think it has to do too with just like i your you know your friends aren't the people who are gonna really not necessarily but like you can't you were a stranger first yeah you were just this solo lone wolf like surfing and do like so you had something like an aura like about you that we did it was mysterious you know it was like wow like this is this is cool like you're attracted to that you want to be a part of it you know you want to like support that and the difference of your boards compared with every other board is that it wasn't like production mass produced when you pu- took your quiver out and laid them out on the lawn and we got to pick through them and choose which one we wanted that was pretty special yeah i remember feeling like really privileged you know to have that because you can just walk into any surf shop and pick out a board that pops off the, the out of the machine and goes to the you know it's just like a it's a an assembly line you know yeah so it just felt like special to support that and I think when your friends know you you there's a like a little bit of a loss of the magic you know like yeah you're yeah. normal you're, we know you you're that guy you know right right it, it, like there's it's hard to put my finger on but there was definitely an allure that you, you carried you know and you st- and like people like know this about you you still do you do that great and it's just like a genuinity and authenticity you know but yeah that that really just we all couldn't help it I think Corey got aboard that summer too right yeah the red the red devil yep is that what they called it? So that that
1: was that summer. It uh, yeah. strips me out. It
0: happened fast. That, that all went down in one summer. Yeah. And and you when you would come hang out at uh, like grandma's house all the time, or occasionally whatever, and and you kept saying to us like, Man, this reminds me so much of my Nan and Pop's place over on the west coast in Mexico. Yep. Like you guys gotta come out. And that wasn't an empty invitation. You know, we had 20 of us. Yeah, come out, 20
1: strong,
0: <laughs> fill up all those houses and just have big old dinners. But
1: yeah, we'll have to throw a few of those up on the website, a few pics from that, that first trip. And then hopefully we can track down that shot of me at, uh, yes. on the right. Yes. Yes. And I just can
0: easily get it from Eric. I'm put, pretty sure. Put
1: it into context a little bit more like what, what happened so quick, you know, that session and then Lama's trip. I mean, the, it was pretty much sealed, sealed deal after that. You yeah. know, we were all, we were all fast friends and super tight, you know, super quick. And, um, I also, so, so we met in the water, but I feel like we hardly even, when did we meet in the parking lot? Ricky, that day, Ricky I, 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 you introduced got, us.
0: Yeah. Cause you were riding back with him, I think, or something. Yeah. So I was just walking back to the parking lot from way down the way, you know, and you were just about peeling out when I was strolling up and you gave me your card. And that's what, you know, I realized like, okay, you don't just make a board for yourself, like you shape boards. Yeah, yeah. Like this is what you do. And uh, yeah, I don't don't remember much of the timeline as far as how long after that I got a board, but I'm pretty sure it was pretty soon. Because I think I remember telling John and being like, oh, dude, I met this guy. He was surfing so good on his own board no leash he makes boards he was like yeah that guy evan and he like knew already he had just met you too somehow yeah yeah, like and 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 he was like yeah i'm getting a board from him maybe because he saw your board somewhere else i think
1: he did john john was the he went to ricky's party and i had all my boards in the downstairs of ricky's uh basement Mm -hmm. you know it was built out and like that's where The party was upstairs but it was like a private showing
0: yeah yeah yeah. for
1: my boards down there and then and then i remember it was just another one of those little shows that like there wasn't much there wasn't much action on the boards there wasn't really any bites there was people saying oh they're beautiful but nobody's saying like how much are they you know right and then i got there and and johnny's like i want this board like doesn't even care how much it is yeah yeah, like it's it's a thousand bucks he's like awesome He's like, what do I got to give you like right now? Because I know somebody else is going to try to get this board. And it was just, again, it was like, dude, these guys are the real deal. When they say they want something and they're and they're about it, then it's on. And then you, same thing. You were like, yeah, let's link up. Let's link up in the next couple of days. I want to check those boards. I want to get a board, you know? And then again, I, I laid them out. You're like, that one. that's the one, okay. Here's the money, and yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it was just, and we were the poorest ones too. <laughs> that's that's. What I remember John talking mad shit on on the rest of the peeps. look like, oh, at all these rich peeps. They could have fucking <laughs> pulled a the trigger. They could have bought the whole quiver, and they're not even, you know, flinching at them. And it was just, it was, it was pretty heartwarming, you know, just just the level of support and kind of dedication, like right off the bat, you know.
0: No. The only boards I've bought since then that weren't La Mission boards, custom shape for me, was either there was one used one in there that was yours. Yep. And one other um, board swap yep. that I couldn't pass up because it was like, it was $300, but Mikey was selling it. So I I call him, I'm like, I'll give you 150 for it. <laughs> and he gave it to me. <laughs> so that was a steal I couldn't pass up. There we go. But other than that, it's just been nothing but custom Lama's hand shapes ever since yeah. and it's just like it really is a point, you know I think we've talked about it before but the pride you have in your equipment like when you Really are passionate about what you do. Never mind surfing painting uh, Even a carpenter like you get yourself the best tools like you have a pride about that stuff You know the best you, you there's just something really special about a tool that feels good in your hand or like you're just proud of and it, it just makes the experience of that thing you already love, surfing, carpentry, whatever, even greater when you have that pride in your tools and like I don't think that'll ever go away for me, you know. I could never go back to just like picking off boards off a rack, you know? Absolutely. I could never do that again.
1: It's the it's like it's the one thing you got out there, you know, when it's when it's real deal. It's like you and your board. That's pretty much all you got, you know. Hopefully you got a good leash on too. (laughs) But um (laughs) other than that that's all you got and that's that's why like you know after i started building my boards i was like wow this is it is really so important like i definitely had that feeling of being on the wrong board being on the right board finding that little magic board that felt like it could be ridden in all different conditions um and and then all the way down to just loner boards that really didn't suit my my ability and, and where I was at in surfing and, and how how much that dictates your progression, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I, f- I feel like if we would have found bigger, thicker, wider boards earlier on, we would have dialed in our surfing fundamentals a long time ago, and then we would have progressed, you know, when we did finally, when it was time to get on shoreboards, we would have just been surfing at a higher level. Right, um, right.
0: That's an interesting point.
1: But... What was the other thing that I wanted to say? Um, with the equipment, I'm lo- I lost it. But no, coach, that's that's a that's a, definitely a a story, a, a point of pride there. Just the way that we linked up and and what's followed afterwards, you know, just always being on the same page in in such a real way, and then and then you you know biting the bullet and and stepping out and and starting the surf continuum on your own two feet you know and i was always i was i was there before that and i was there during it but i i wasn't able to come on until whatever there was enough work for two peaks you know so um so much has come from that from that one day so cheers to you brother that was so epic
0: yeah back at you that's um just like right back to the point of of just doing what you love first, you know, being true to yourself and true to your passion, and then letting the the relationships find you as you're on the correct path, you know, rather than trying to force relationships or find partnerships, uh, and and do it the other way around, you know, it's like just do what you know you need to do or feel passionate about or called to do, and the rest comes, you know, it's like it's a lesson for beginner surfers, and one thing we hear a lot is people looking for like. A partner to surf with or uh, you know how do I how do I meet somebody it's like go surf yeah go do what you want to do with other people by yourself it's hard at first it was really hard for me that first year on my own yeah I was used to being with a group that just you know we all just kind of were there it's just moral support even yeah you didn't need the person there physically but just as a team there's a a support that you feel and and feel stronger about Going out and doing what you got to do. So when I stepped off onto my own to do it under my own label and brand and philosophy and teaching, it was tough. It was like really hard, you know. It was like it was a little scary and and like you know naturally your your mind just lets you wander all over the place and be concerned and worried about things. And it was just such a an empowering experience to have you sign on and and I mean I already knew. Like, we were in the same mindset. That whole summer where I was doing it on my own, we were still, that's where CoopCast came from. Yep. That first summer I was doing it on my own, and I would just tell you about my day.
1: We were debriefing every eve- every evening up at Sunset Spot. Yep. You're like, shit, we should just try recording this stuff. I bet peeps would be into it, yep. you know?
0: Yep. And you, you, you were like, I'm down. And we both, we pitched in 80 bucks each to buy a mic each. You know, and, and and started doing it.
1: So what year what year
0: ah, roughly had Twenty seventeen, I wanna say? Was way my first before that before, before Oh. When I started Surf Continuum was twenty seventeen or it was like winter of twenty sixteen. Okay. You know, and, yep. and we had been saying, like, oh, we should record this stuff. We should like make a podcast and like just you know, just what we're talking about. Just yeah. record it. Yeah. You know, no plan really, just, but it just it clicked in our heads. Like, yeah, this is a good idea. Yeah. And still doing it. Huh. It's pretty crazy. I know. Love it.
1: Right on, team. Well, thanks for tuning in. That's our little story. Little story time for today. Hope you enjoyed it.
0: You.